thought before we even start, I just thought we'd, um, I don't know how privileged you feel to be a Christian. And, and not because it's a religion, but because it's a relationship. And I, I think we really take it for granted, don't we? Where we live life every day, and when we go through the struggles of life, we can actually have a relationship with a God that we can actually speak to about what we're going through. And we, we do take it for granted. I take it for granted. And then we have the privilege of standing with people or people standing with us. It's not normal. We're, we're weird people. We are. Um, so I had a very tough year last year. But I had the beautiful privilege of people praying for me, people here praying for me. Um, Churchy's family. And I, I think one of the things about seeking justice that I love about it is, is the church looking beyond itself to what is happening in the world, the real world. When we come here on a Sunday, I think we come to encourage each other. We come to spend time with God. The Holy Spirit has this beautiful opportunity to deposit something in us so that we go into our world and we make a difference. And if we're not doing that yet, something is not right. When, it got, when I was thinking this morning, when God told Abraham, he said, I'm going to bless you. He said, I'll bless you so you become a blessing. Not so that you can have it all. So when you're all and you're very comfortable with your all, I think we need to ask ourselves a question. What am I doing? So there's some of us who feel, why are we spending this so many weeks talking about seeking justice? I, I would say because Jesus did it a lot. And this morning, we're going to look at the books, book of Acts, um, chapter 6, if you've got your Bible. And I love the fact that every week for the last six, eight weeks, we've been looking at Scripture. And it's been Scripture. It's been God's Word about seeking justice. And constantly, not what the speaker is saying, we're, we're talking about what God is saying and, and it hasn't been more relevant than in the last few years. And you know what? I keep thinking, is this going to end? Because more is happening. We're now talking about Ukraine. And now some people, you may not realize it, but some people now in the next few weeks or years, I don't know how long it's going to last for, would have to choose between putting food on the table or keeping their house warm. That is not just. It's not just. The fact that I can do it doesn't mean it's just. And nobody wants to talk about justice. Um, but then if there was no injustice, there won't be justice. The reason why we have to talk about justice is because there's injustice. And it's real. It's very real. I was looking at the definition of justice, it says just behavior, just treatment, a concern for justice, peace, and genuine respect for people. Genuine respect for people. 
So what is injustice then? Because justice is always a response to injustice. And that's why it is the battle, it's the, it's the thing that you talk about a lot in church. We have to talk about it a lot. If you talk about love, it would come up. And there are three questions that I want us to be able to sort of answer today. By the end of, I don't know, the next 20 minutes. What face do you see? What action can you take? And finally, what difference can you make? And sometimes we want to spiritualize it, so I'll give us that. What difference can God make through you? So what face do you see? What action can you take? And what difference can God make through you? So we're going to quickly read the book of Acts. And for those of us um, who don't know where that is, it's in the New Testament. And I'm going to quickly tell you what, what I didn't know it for a while, I tell you. Um, so the story here, we're going to read verse 1 to 7, but I just want to sort of give us a brief uh, capture of what's been happening. So Jesus has been around for quite a while now, and it came to a time when he said to his disciples, I'm going to go. And when I go, he said in John 14, 15, he said, you would have another comforter. In fact, I love the fact Jesus said, he's better for you than I am. So actually, we have the better version of the Godhead for our time, the Holy Spirit. So he goes away and they have this amazing thing that would happen in Acts 2, where the Holy Spirit has come. And great things are happening. Powerful things are happening. The church is growing. Let's see what happens with the church growing. It says, in those days when the number of disciples was increasing, the Hellenistic Jews amongst them complained against the Hebraic Jews because their widows were being overlooked in the daily distribution of food. Actually, injustice started then. So, the Hellenistic Jews were the Jews that were from other parts of the world, and they spoke Greek. And the Hebraic Jews were the ones that were the Israel, the Israel, the people of Israel. So, in a form, again, we see that there are a group of people who, in court, are the accepted or the superior. And there's another group of people, though they're both Jews, they were not the superior. I don't know if anyone can see injustice here again, rearing his head, even in the church. So once again, the church is in a place now where we're deciding who deserves and who does not deserve. And in this time, we're talking even food, basic food. And uh, we know what a widow is. No husband. So in a farm in those times, there was no provision for food. And the church had the responsibility to feed them. And on the table to feed, again, the church, not consciously, I don't know, consciously or unconsciously, decide some people should get food and some shouldn't. Here we answer our first question. What face do you see? So today, 
we see the face of the widows. They're the ones that are being unjustly treated. What face do you and I see? What is it the child on the street who is not being fed? Or is it the people of, because again, and I'm going to use this example because again, we're, we're talking about Ukraine. Is it the people of Ukraine? And then I'm going to go to a, a controversial level now. Is it the face of the person who is in the war-torn Ukraine, who is trying to get on the train, but somebody's looked at them and say, you're black, therefore do not go on this train. That's why the church has an issue today. That is why the world has an issue today. What face do you see? And please, if you do not see a face, say to God, show me a face. Say to the person sitting next to me, to you, I pray that God will give you a face. Because until you see something that makes you uncomfortable, you're not going to do anything. Until you do not see unjust behavior, until you're uncomfortable with what you see. Unfortunately, we will come to church every Sunday and we'll go away and we'll be the same. Let's keep reading. So what does the church do about it? It says, so the 12 ga gathered, so the 12 disciples of Jesus. It says, gathered all the, the people and said, it would not be right for us to neglect the ministry of the word of God in order to wait on tables. Brothers and sisters, choose seven men from among you, among you who are known to be full of the spirit and wisdom. We will in turn take responsibility, who will in turn take responsibility over them and will give our attention, we will give our attention to prayer and the ministry of the word. It says the proposal pleased the whole group. They chose Stephen, a man full of faith and of the Holy Spirit. Also Philip, Purpurus, Nicanor, Timon, Parmenas, and Nicholas from Antioch, a convert of Judaism. They presented these men to the apostles who prayed and laid hands on them. We said, what action do you take? So now we see that the church has seen, in this case, a face, and the face of the widows. We see the church take action. So they are, honestly, they have not said to themselves now, there's an issue here, let us pray. They didn't. There's an issue here. Let us make changes to make sure that it's not happening again. So they choose people and then they prayed for the people that they were sending out. You know, I, I, I absolutely love prayer. I do. I don't do enough of it. But I also know that a lot of things come from, start from a place of prayer. But one thing I love about what Jesus says in John, he said, would somebody come to you and ask for food and you pray for them? He said, will someone come to you and say they're cold? Would you pray for them or would you give them clothes to cover them, themselves and make them warm? 
Will they come to you and say, I have nowhere to sleep, and you'll say, I'm going to pray for you? Or would you find a way for them to get shelter? And this is what the church is doing here. They've seen something that's not right. They're taking action to correct it. And then you let God do what he wants to do. Let's see what God does with this. Verse 7. So the word of the gospel, or in this way it says, and so the word of God spread. The number of disciples in Jerusalem increased rapidly. And a large number of priests became obedient to the faith. Talk about results. Because the, the widows are now, they're fed, they're fine, they're doing, the church is doing what the church should be doing. And God is then in that process. The Bible says his word, the word of God is spreading. The disciples, the numbers are increasing. Remember that before then, we talk, when we read, it said 12 of them came, but then now there's more and more and more of them. And a large number of priests became obedient to the faith. That would suggest that before that, the priests were not obedient to the faith. Something was changing even in the life of the priest. I, I said earlier, I said, we would answer three questions. What face do you see? What action do you take? And what difference? would you make and what difference do you think God can make? And I, I want us to realize that a lot of things started from the church. So this story of this widows was then years and years down. I don't know if anyone, I, I, I hadn't heard about it, so if no one has, the, I don't know if anyone's heard about the order of the widows. <laughs> well, our pastor hasn't heard about it. But, but Amy has. She's very spiritual. Yeah, so there was something called the Order of the Widows that came from this. And what that meant was to do three things for the widows. One, to provide for their medical care, to provide just to make sure that all their needs were met. The second thing that came out of this for the widows was that he, he, he gave focus so that they could be part of a community, part so that they could contribute to the community they were part of on, as, as, as long as they could. Then what he did also, the third thing was, he set up a group of people who had a strategy. Their job was to form strategies to provide for widows beyond food, thinking about their psychological needs and medical needs. Well, that's what the social care system of this country was built on. So this is something that happened in the church arts I, 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 years and years ago. It affected a group of people enough to say, widows need to be cared for. Then it became something that is imprinted in the policy of a nation that we live in now. What is the church doing now that is imprinted in the, in the construction of the nation we're in? Those changes would never have been made if the church did not stand up to what was not right. 
And those changes would not have been made if the church did not do a proper systematic decision to, to make a change in the community at that time. What face do you see? What action can you take? And what difference would your action make? I'm going to close because we're going to pray. I'm going to close with Isaiah 58. And I just wanted to remind us, I know that um, a few weeks ago, we looked at this scripture. I'm just going to read a few verses, and then we start to pray. Isaiah 58, verse 6. The few verses before that, God is responding to the shouts of the people who are saying, it's almost like God is not hearing us. God is not hearing us. We're fasting, we're praying, but God is not hearing us. And God responds. In verse 6, he says, is, this, is not this the kind of fasting I've chosen? To lose the chains of injustice and untie the cords of the yoke. To set the oppressed free and break every yoke. Is it not to share your food with the hungry and to provide the poor wanderer with shelter? When you see the naked, to clothe them and not to turn away from your own flesh and blood. That is the call of God to the church. And I know that sometimes it, it can be overwhelming, can't it, when you're thinking, actually, uh, I'm going through a lot. I'm, uh, you know, you, you don't know what I'm struggling with. And because of that, you know, I, I would want to do something when, I'm, when, when things are good for me, I would reach out. When, when I can stand on my own, I would reach out. I, I want to use this opportunity to call myself and every one of us to say, what can you do where you're at? What can you do where you're at? If you can, um, close, can we close our eyes and just pray? If we can. Holy Spirit, we welcome you. Again, we just thank you. We thank you for the way that you provide for us. We thank you for the way that you are with us. We thank you for the grace that you pour out for us every day. We open our hearts to you this morning. And we say, speak to us. 
break our hearts for what breaks yours. Let the things that matter to you matter to us. Let your hope for the world, for the nations, for our community, for our families, for our friends, for our neighbors, let it align with yours. First of all, Lord, we want to pray for those of us that are in places, and it's, it's not, it's not that there, there, there are people here, Lord, that are struggling. It's, it's not pretense. They are actually struggling. And Lord, as a church family, we reach out. We reach out. We reach out on behalf of one another. And we say, Lord, meet the need of that woman who is struggling, Lord, to put food on the table. And she's in this room. Hear the cry of that person who is struggling with addiction. And they're in this room. Hear the cry of that young person who is struggling with their mental health and they're in this room. Thank you, Jesus. Provide, Lord, for the needs of your people. Thank you, Father. Bring honesty and sincerity into this place because, Lord, you're a God of truth. Break down, Lord, the walls of deceit because you are in this room. Those who are struggling with fear, Lord, that fear has captured the heart and the souls of your people. Break the wall of fear, Father. And release your spirit in the hearts and the lives of your people here and at home. If we spend the next few minutes just talking to God about the things, as, as, as Matt has prayed for us this morning, that we ourselves are struggling with, and there's some, some of us that just need to let go. The, 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 the worship team, the band can start to come back. Um, we just need to let go. Um, as the team start to head back. Um... I believe God wants to 
restore us so that we can give out of our store to bless other people. Um, and if there's anything within your store that is not of God, just use this opportunity to lay it down so that you can refill. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. For those of us who think all this talk about seeking justice is maybe not your thing, it's everybody's thing. I just pray today that you will see the face that God wants to imprint on you. It could be in that classroom where you teach. It could be on the street where you lead. It could be, as we're told constantly, it could be that homeless person that you walk past every day. It could be in that prayer room of yours, praying for Ukraine, praying for the things happening in the Middle East. It could be that. It could be out of that little that you have that God is saying that you should share. Lord, our prayer is that we will not miss you. Lord, let us not uh, get too comfortable with the discomfort of others. to see the face or the faces that you're calling us to respond to. Give us wisdom, Lord, to know the actions to take so that we can see the difference that you can make because we are your hands and your feet on this earth. a few weeks ago when Jamoki kind of shared a little of what she was going to be talking to us about and she, she said this phrase connected to her first point that has lived with me ever since and I hope it will live with you that justice has a face it's such a powerful statement justice has a face and, uh, and so even as we respond we're going to sing this song, I think, I am who you say I am, which is all about us reminding ourselves that we are known and loved with, by God. But that's true for every single person on this planet. 
And so as we sing this song and declare it over ourselves, we want to declare it others and pray that in the days and the weeks to come that as Jamoki has reminded us that we will start to see that justice has a face. And as we've been journeying through this whole series, we can't fix everything, but we can do something. We can't help everyone, but we can help someone. Someone. And, and that challenging verses in Isaiah 58 that God says even those people who are struggling even those who feel they're in a mess he says when you do that on behalf of someone else then your light will dawn then your healing will come